Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kennedy Carman. Hurry up and save at the all-new R-Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R-Town Ford. They've got a license to talk. And the words are for your ears only. Welcome to the Words Are Not Enough. Not enough, and I know this is kind of weird. You could see our faces for once, but I am Griffin 008 Schiller and Brody. Show your lovely face to everyone. What's up? Hey, oh, look at that! Isn't that pretty? I know. Uh, Brody 005 Cervelli is right. Uh, right. I, just, I felt like the need to like I had to interject with that for a second. You know, I'm repping the flag, so uh, in case yes. you forget. Yes, yeah, just from. just in case you can't hear his accent. <laughs> yeah, it, it the flag yeah. right there. That is where he's from. Um, <laughs> So if you're new to the show, if you're if you're if you've never listened to an episode of the words are not enough um, before, first of all, go do it. It's a great show. It's a James Bond a weird podcast. Place to jump in. I know yeah. it is kind of a weird place <laughs> to jump in, but it also kind of makes sense because we're talking about one of the films. We're not talking about random Bond news. But anyways, true, true. we are a James Bond podcast. We talk about the movie news. We talk about the films and we talk about all stuff like James Bond comics, ranking shit, you name it. Um, and so every month what we're trying to do is discuss one of the films in the James Bond series. And this video is coming quite late, but we have some scheduled income conflict so don't worry we might do another one in in april or we may you know there'll be a month where we might do a few of them down the road but anyways so you guys voted a while back and we put up a poll on twitter and you guys voted for us to discuss die another day you wanted to put us through a little bit of torture or or comedy whatever you want to look at it as but anyways it's far from torture far from torture (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. There's, let, well, we'll get into that a little bit later it's on. Like, but it's like, it's like um, it, it's torture, but it's like the kinky, like BDSM type torture. Where it's like this isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that is true. Um, but put that on the box art. It's like BDSM. <laughs> yeah, that we'll we'll uh, we'll call we'll call die another day the BDSM. <laughs> of the the Bond franchise. But anyway, so yes, you guys voted, and so we are going to be discussing Die Another Day. Now, one of the main reasons we are doing video instead, of, video and audio instead of audio only is because we asked you all to react to the film on Stardust and we wanted to feature your Stardust reactions in the video and that's kind of hard when you have an audio only show. So these videos where we talk about the films are going to be video. Um, the audio will still be uploaded to the podcast feed so you don't have nothing to worry about if you just want to listen to us and listen to the Stardust reactions that will all be on the iTunes or iHeartRadio feed or wherever you listen to podcasts it will be up there it will be a shorter episode but it will be up there um but if you want to see our faces for once then you can uh check it out on the men versus movies youtube channel and all that good stuff so we will be saving time at the end of the episode to showcase some of your stardust reactions your thoughts on the films and then kind of discuss it with you so 
I think we're ready to dive into this film. What do you think, Brody? Yeah, Are we ready absolutely. to absolutely I want to get to these Stardust reactions, man. That's like the that's like the part I'm excited for. I know this Brody <laughs> has been jazzed. He has been so jazzed. excited for this. I told him I was like, Brody, we have Stardust reactions to discuss. And he's like, Are you kidding me? This is incredible. <laughs> we get to talk with people. Yeah. No, he's like, like that sounds super cheesy, but he's not kidding. That's like legitimately like uh, uh, that was a big deal for me. <laughs> I know. It was it was a big moment and and now it's it's finally come. We're finally able to talk about dying the other day. So without further ado, let's dive into this thing. Brody, you are the man with all the information. So uh, introduce the film and let's get started with this discussion. Okay. So um, the dying of the day, if you're not familiar with it, is the fourth uh, Pierce Brosnan Bond film. It's the 20th film in the series. And uh, um, it is infamous <laughs> for being quite bad um that's that's like like that's i guess the rundown it's directed by uh lee tamahori who's a, a kiwi director um i don't know he did he did uh state of the union triple x state of the union right the the critically yeah, yeah. acclaimed triple x state of the union yes so if that gives you any idea like what they were going for when they made this film it was like we want to emulate every late 90s early 2000s action movie um <laughs> And boy, did they achieve it! Um, oh, it's boy, also written by it's also written by um, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who are like series regulars. At least they were. Um, they became series regulars. This is their second film. Um, they were all by themselves, and kind okay, of turned out. But um, <laughs> I'm giving it a lot of shit. Right. But um, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, like, what's is there like a general rule of the? Well, I call it the Brody rule of thumb. Whenever they write together alone, it ends up being garbage, and then when they write with someone else, it's like not bad. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Well, essentially, like, yeah, it's the, the, the rule is uh, I call it the Purvis and Wade rule, which is <laughs> uh, Purvis and Wade when they write together alone, you get. It's like not bad. They have really good ideas, but their their good ideas get muddled by, I don't know what something maybe something about the two of them just like alone together. They they encourage their, their worst tendencies because like I think the world is not enough is really good, um, story like, like like story wise. But then some of the delivery gets a bit muddled. Um, same with Dino of the Day, especially with Dino of the Day, where you had like a really cool concept <laughs> and then it's like, like oh let's just do everything and so they did everything. But then you get like Casino Royale or um, like Skyfall, where they they write a like they write a draft, and then you get like a good writer to come right. in, like so like you get like uh, Paul Haggis or you get uh, John Logan. They come in and they're like, "Hey, I really like what you got here. I'm going to add some things. I'm going to streamline it a bit." And I don't know, um, yeah. And then like 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 you've got films like Die of the uh, like Conan of Solace, where there really wasn't too much like revision going on because this they didn't. I think Paul Haggis didn't get to finish his revisions before the, right. the strike happened. And right. then they were the revisers for um, Spectre, which I liked, but you can definitely see like they, they, some of their worst, some of their like worst tendencies came back a little bit sometimes. Um, and that's because they were revising John Logan's script. So who knows? But sure. um, yeah, so this is their second, uh, this is the, this is really the, the, the second time that they've written completely uninhibited by themselves um and probably the only other time uh, besides the one enough and yeah it's probably <laughs> for the best probably, probably for the best, for the best. they they yeah. don't they don't write by themselves anymore but yeah <laughs> and you can tell that like, they were into the franchise because there's oh, a ton yeah. of references in there in the script but it's just 
it's something else man i I, you know it is it is something else for for a lot of different reasons this movie i i think i remember when i first saw it i i i think i hated it to be honest with you because i was like i was like really this is pierce brosnan's final outing and and it was like an anniversary right it was like some sort of anniversary anniversary, yep yeah the 40th anniversary for if you didn't notice if you watched the movie Every 10 seconds, they remind you that it's the 40th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, no, you're it's right. It's a drinking game, essentially. Like, just like every time they make a reference, just... <laughs> that, that should be the companion piece to this video. How can, yes. can we spot all of the 40th anniversary references? I would actually really enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, funny. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, anyways, yeah, this, this was the 40th anniversary. And I think for the 40th anniversary... Most everyone can say that this was a big letdown. I think it's only on retrospect where we can go back and look at it and be like, eh, it's not a great movie, but we had some fun with it. Like it's it's dumb and entertaining. That is, that is so true. And that's so true for a lot of Bond films where it's sort of like, if this was the Bond film coming out at the present time, if this is like, you know what I mean? If this oh, if, if, I, if, I, if I was alive yeah. and Octopussy came out, I'd be like, oh. What? Right, but yeah. in retrospect, it's like I love Octopussy, but that's because oh there come on, no so one loves Octopussy. No love one Octopussy. loves Octopussy. It's so much fun, but yeah. it's all, it's it's like I would be if it, yeah if it was like if it was the film that was coming out right now if this was like my version of Bond sure. for, the, yeah. for the present, I'd be like ah oh, that's a letdown. But in, yeah, in retrospect, there's like there's so many of them. There's such a big back catalog that I can sort of accept. I can I can embrace the duds for like the the elements of good that they have in. Right. No. I, yeah, absolutely. No, I absolutely, and I can understand that. Um, it's just, I guess, w- w- I guess we should know. Like when it when it did come out, there it, it was just such an abysmal like letdown of everything. But um, yeah. there is stuff to enjoy in this film, and there's also some just like so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh and enjoy it. Um, but there, but I, I, I will stand by the fact that I think there is there is generally like there there is good stuff in here. Some some great stuff actually that if they had gone the route that I was hoping they would go with it, we could have had one of the better Bond films in the Pierce Brosnan era. So, and just so I, you, I can shed some light on this whole thing. I think the first half of this movie from when the, the whole like North uh, Korea infiltration to him, like going to Cuba up until we we see, um, uh, what's his name? I, I always forget his name. Um, which which guy? Uh, the the the, the henchman. He's, oh, uh, um, Zhao. Yeah, Zhao. I I was about to say yeah. Lao, but it was Zhao. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I got it right. But uh, up until we see Zhao getting his face changed, and and even there, oh, I was wow. kind of into it, but it was kind of getting on the edge of disbelief. Um, but really, I think the part that did it for me was the ice castle stuff. Like once we get to Palace Day Ice which is what I'm going to refer to it as the movie like falls off the rails completely. Um, you could, and, and like I said, you can argue there are other moments that are just outlandish before that point, but yes, kind of digging it up until that point. I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, I agree. I think, I think I, I find it really hard to split it into two movies because it is one movie, right. but it is, I think it's two different movies that sort of intersect 
in the middle, they kind of intersect, and there are elements in the middle where like that that are from yes, the movie that yes. I like, and there are elements from the like the movie that's about to come that are like sort of like the precursors that are there, <laughs> like the so fencing like, fights. I love the fencing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I do. I do too. I I do enjoy the fencing fight. But holy shit, that is more reminiscent of the latter half than it is the beginning. For sure, yeah, and then I, I also like um, yeah, I think it's like. Like all the stuff with the gene therapy is like it's a little, a little weird, but I can deal with it. Exactly. It's like, yeah. But then it's like, for me, the movie the movie falls apart immediately the second Jinx reappears. Um, yeah. Like if she was just like, oh yeah, we're talking about the dive backwards when she like dive dives backwards into a blue screen and like just <laughs> it's just like it wasn't even like a nightmare to shoot. But I, um, I, it just that whole scene, the, the way they chose the shot that makes absolutely no sense to me. It really, it really baffles my mind. And that's the first point where it's like, oh no, where's this movie going? Yes, CG. And, and then, we will touch on CG later on. Back in the um, like, like it just reminds me every time I watch it. I remember like I'm. Rem- I'm reminded of back in the day when everyone thought the NSA was the same thing as the CIA. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they did the same yeah. thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh unchangeable. But um, yeah, the second she shows up, the second time, because I mean, even the first time, they have like one of the cringiest sex scenes. It's, in the- it's pretty, yeah. It's, it's I remember we're jumping ahead. I remember we're jumping ahead too much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how can you not dig into the meat? But I yeah. don't know. We we all we always want to go for that ice castle stuff, but I guess let's let's kind of just the first half is though really good though. Like, it, like it agree, all the North yeah. Korea stuff is really interesting, and you tell like in interviews that's why Pierce Brosnan was desperate for something like to chew on, and so like every time he would talk up. Like oh like like we've got a, a lady like love interest who's the villain in this one and then in this one we've got like North Korean torture and like it's like he kept amping up all these things right they didn't really pay out in the movie you can tell he wants them to but he doesn't have enough creative control as the actor to say hey the yeah. story should be about this but well, um, I mean there was there was great like yeah. contemporary stuff there like you were talking about with the, the the whole North Korea thing that's yeah. a, a a subject that we had never seen tackled in bond before let alone just like spy films in general like we we tend to stay away from that sort of thing we we tend to just go straight for russia because it's an easy target and it's an easy like um you know thing that you can paint and people can grasp but um them going for north korea and in, in creating um the villain or i'm sorry having a villain that w- was north korean and and their plot and everything like that um was very interesting and having him yeah. infiltrate North Korea and then shedding some light on, on the torture aspect of it. Um, which I, I will say the, the opening song obviously is, is awful with Madonna. Um, even though you can enjoy it outside of the context of the film. Um, but what I will say I like about that is the, the torture montage that was really creative, really well done. Um, and it shed some light on, you know, some stuff that people may have gone through, Mm-hmm. Cause you always hear stories about people getting captured there or, or like, um, and, and I know, I know this is separate from Korea, but um, like Vietnam soldiers, whenever they were captured in yeah. Vietnam, they were tortured and stuff like that. I would imagine the same sort of thing happened during the Korean war. Um, so getting some of that was also really interesting. It was, yeah, they, sure. they like teased us with different stuff here that could have been. Not even, yeah. Not even just that. Like we've never, we've never really seen, cause this is, this is pre Daniel Craig, right? Didn't really see get tortured very much. No, like, no, no, no. He, he gets was interrogated. Yes, like, like with the lasers and whatever. But um, he never. We never actually get to see him tortured. And this is like the first instance where it's like, oh, there's like 
this is like physically strenuous and no it, it's even, brutal yeah yeah so i think like yeah that even like on like a character level because like, i agree it's very cool on like a storytelling um like i guess a meta way but just for the character that's a big milestone for the series and you could tell like they were trying new things like with the making the opening credits a part of the movie and all this yeah, sort of thing yeah, yeah. and it just it's it, it's all all in service of a joke essentially no, it, it really is because yeah. it doesn't matter like as as the film goes on they they never talk about it again they're like they, they never they never bring up the fact that he was tortured and almost died and was willing to they do once they do once in the right. um they, in they the do. underground yeah and he's yeah, like it's like that's um, what I was about to say. right after he gets back um yeah. that's when they bring it up which is the logical point to bring it up but you would think that it would be something that would affect him throughout the course of the film but it right died. yeah you think you'd think like honestly like because i mean you have this really it's, it's a really good exchange between m and um and bond Oh, it's actually and, because he's he's willing to sacrifice everything for his country. Yeah. That shows you the kind of person that he is. Yeah, and her kind of cold demeanor about the whole thing, which I think gets better explained in the Daniel Craig films. Sure. Uh, better explored, I should say. But um, but like just the fact, the fact that she was coldly dismissing, like that's your job, you know what? We, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Um, that stuff's really cool, but that you'd think. Instead of, but you'd think the, the interesting place to take that in the second half of the movie would be like, okay, Bond has to grapple with the fact that he works for an agency that doesn't really value his life. Right. Yeah. That, instead, right. He just sort of, yeah. instead, he just sort of accepts it and goes, okay, I guess that is the job. Well, on to the next mission. And it's yeah. like, all right, that's fine. But it's like, it's weird that you got over it so quickly. It really <laughs> is. Like, yeah. and, and they make that the big deal out of like him escaping and everything, but like he's yeah. escaping for and what? They also, do, they also do this random reference um, to 9-11 um, where she's like, the world changed while you were gone. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay. And it's a, so in response to that, we're going to go stop a supervillain with a giant ice castle because <laughs> la, 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 real problems don't really matter. Like, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, which I guess the movie was in production when that happens. So that, but like, it's weird that they referenced it and then just sort of said, yep. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> no, I, exactly. I, it's just that, 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 that's just, once again, I'm going back to the point where it's like there, there was potential there, especially yes. in the beginning. And like everything with the North Korea, it, 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 and it just like flies off the rails. And the, and you're right, there is that middle section where it's like you're getting some good stuff, but then you're not getting some good stuff. Um, yeah. But let's but let's move to the Cuban stuff because we 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 kind of like talk about gotcha. some more laughable. Parts, well, should we with with Hong Kong real quick? I just want to mention. Oh um, yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, so, well, I just was well, before we get to Cuba. Um, a little bit of trivia, I guess, with the Hong Kong bit is that um, uh, peaceful fountains of desire, the uh, the masseuse. Was especially it was uh, originally supposed to be uh, Wei Lin from um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh my gosh! Because throughout the Brosnan, they just kept trying to bring back Bond girls. They're like, "Whoa, we're gonna bring them back!" I swear, and yeah, they never yeah. did. But uh, apparently, she was supposed to be that, and um, getting Michelle Yeoh for this like tiny little cameo proved to be difficult. And yeah, it also it also ruins the whole like. Obviously, both of them wouldn't pretend not to know each other and know that they're both spies. So they had to like sort of recast it as some random woman. But yeah, right. I think that would have been kind of cool if they'd rewritten that scene to sort of incorporate her a bit more because I, 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 I wanted to see them pull it off. I've wanted them to see them pull off this whole return. To bring back another like Bond. Yeah. Call. Yeah. 
but they've never done it. They keep teasing us, but they never do. No, for sure, for sure. No, I. It, it would be something cool to see, like just like a small encounter. It doesn't have to be much. Just like a, yeah. a quick brush in with her, make a quippy joke or something about like a night that they spent. I I, I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> it's no, really no, totally it's really you, simple. Yeah. It, but yeah. Anyways, wow. all right to Cuba. The <laughs> yes, next Cuba. logical section of the film when they get to Cuba. 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 Um. Well, first of all, I do want to say that throughout this entire thing, I love David Arnold's score. David Arnold's oh, score for this I film. Love it. I was going to reference that. Damn it. No, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it feels best to start referencing it in the Cuba stuff because he really does bring that kind of Latin flavor to oh, yeah. um, the Cuba scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyways, I, I go, go ahead. What, what are your thoughts on that whole section? Because this is, I, I guess this is technically the middle part where we start to see elements from both sides. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I really love... Um, I mean, it, I, as a kid, it always confused me what was going on in that section, just because he kind of shows up and meets with the guy, um, the Cuban guy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was never really clear to me whether or not he knew this guy or not. Oh, or I know. Just, oh, no. It's such like a weird and encounter. <laughs> it is very strange. But, it, it, but like, let's just assume that it's just a guy he's aware of that he's showing up to see, um, but they don't know each other very well. Um in that context, I really love all that stuff. I love how he goes to, um, I love how he used to use the universal exports thing again. I love oh, how he yeah. gets to go, um, like, like speak to the guy, he gets a revolver, he gets a, like an old car and all that stuff's really neat. And that's kind of like the off the grid sort of stuff. Cause like Bond at this point, again, hadn't really gone off the grid too much. At this point, it's sort of like, okay, when's he going to be back on the grid? Like every film is off the grid. <laughs> yeah, but, right. um, but Back then, I guess, like, the only example of it was really, uh, like, License to Kill. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool to get to see him do this whole off-the-grid thing and, like, have to rely on, like, he didn't just have a gun. He had to go get a gun. He didn't just have a vehicle. He had to get a vehicle. And, like, you know what I mean? He, he couldn't just oh, sure. yeah, into yeah. Uh, a facility. He had to go find an ally so that he could, get, like, get papers to go to this place. So all that stuff was really neat. Um, and... Then they get to the facility. First of all, I also really like as a joke. Um, there's two little jokes. Uh, one's a reference to Sean Connery stealing a grape when he like walks uh, when he's like from Thunderball when he like steals a yes. grape. Yes, yes. And then yeah. he does that when he walks through the guy's window. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh-huh. Um, and then second of all, um, the the douchebag like South African guy who's like, you want to become Fidel Castrado. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing ever, but I love it. <laughs> the guy like threatening the waiter. Yeah, and It was yeah, just like, yeah. satisfying to see him get knocked out and dragged along on this like haphazard adventure. But um, sure, for like sure. a few seconds. But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, then, and then you get to the actual island, um, the, the, the gene therapy island. And it gets yes. gene therapy in actual thing. This is real guys. Thing. Yes, you can change your genes. You can scientifically complete. <laughs> I mean, like you know, you just become a new person. You can change yeah. your race. It's like it doesn't even matter anymore, right? Um, and so, anyway, he goes to this island, and it gets very odd because then you got, like you've got like Jinx running around, who they after their awkward sex scene. Um, uh, oh, I'm just thinking about it. I, but, I um, know it's it's pretty bad. It's like it's just. Not good. And that's like, some one of the problems I have with this movie, and I'll sort of address because because I've I've mentioned a couple times now that there are references in this movie, um, like the grape thing, and yeah. um, but also like more significant things, like when Jinx emerges from the the water, 
Right, yeah, that's supposed to be like, like, like the homage to Doctor yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so... Which, by the way, that was shot today, this day, uh, April 11th. Today's Wednesday, April 11th. That was shot today back when they were filming it. Uh, I sent Brody that little tidbit of information. There you go. Um, but... Uh, I didn't actually. I, I just saw the. I just saw the video. I didn't see like the the, the information. Attached. Oh no! Yeah, so right. Actually, there like, was actually me. a reason I sent you that. I thought you just sent it to me. I was like, I was like, alrighty. <laughs> um, but that um, what, that sort of touches on a problem I have with this movie, is that it kind of doesn't have many moments of its own. A lot of its moments are references to other moments. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like Jinx doesn't get a cool intro. We're referencing Honey Rider's cool intro. Right. Or like um, the villain doesn't get a really cool plot. We're referencing Blofeld's plot from Diamonds Are Forever. Like like yeah. a lot of like that's why I like things like the sword fight because at least the sword fight, it, as like sort of random and out of context as it is. It's like okay, that's like a thing that just that's, that, that's just kind of the days. You know what I mean? Like a random sword fight. That's cool. Um, yeah. Like the hovercraft yeah. chase, that's not really a reference to anything. That's cool. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot about the hovercar chase <laughs> at the beginning. That Wow. We really just kind of brushed through that. We were, <laughs> we were talking about the more like we were like digging deep into the script. Like, oh, yeah, it's great yeah. dealing with North Korea torture. <laughs> How about that fucking awesome hovercar chase? Like that was, was that awesome. was genuinely incredible. And the music from David Arnold mm. enhances it tenfold. I remember like um, back in the day, I was like, I like like back when I had like really terrible internet, um, I was desperate to find that 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 track. Yeah, and yeah. it was like impossible to search from YouTube because it would just. I mean, YouTube was barely a thing back then, um, and so you'd like be trying to find these tracks, and I didn't own the soundtrack, so I was just like trying to find it, and yeah, no, that that is an amazing piece of music, and it's just like, just a really cool intro for the whole thing. The whole thing is great. Um, I wish there was more like. I, I don't know. It felt more old school compared to what comes later on in the movie because it's like, like, oh yeah, absolutely. And a little crash at the end, like a miniature and all that sort yeah. of stuff is like really neat. Well, um, I think that's the thing I love about that that chasing. I we'll move past it in a second, but real quickly, yeah. um, the thing I love about it is like Bond goes through so many chase scenes in so many different films, and in this film, we're like, oh, he's gonna find a way to make it out of it. He's gonna parachute down or something, and he doesn't. And we're like, yeah. oh shit. This is actually this is serious stuff. Like the stakes are real in this moment because he doesn't make it out. Like what is going to happen next? Um, I mean, yeah. obviously we know that they're not going to kill him, but like something traumatic could happen to him in that moment because he's being captured by the North Koreans. And that you was, know what would have been a better movie though, um, if like going off like if we're going to rewrite the movie for a second, um, if if um, uh, Colonel. Sun Tan Moon or whatever his name is. Sun Tan Moon. I'm not even kidding. That's his name. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's something Sun Moon. Um, I can't remember. I, I'm trying to remember if I'm remembering. If I'm thinking of Colonel Sun or no. It, it it is Colonel Moon. Yeah. Oh yeah, Colonel Moon. And then so um anyway, so he died there. Just died. Yeah. And then the villain for the movie is the general, his father and Zhao, and you've sort of got, like, one guy who's, like, a centrist who's trying to, like, keep the whole situation from imploding, and then you've got, like, a radical who's trying to just blow up the entire situation. But they've, like, the the, the general's kind of grappling with the fact that Bond murdered his son, and yeah. that would have been way more interesting, but instead Brody, it's like, you, oh, you just, you've just rewritten this movie to being yeah. good. 
Yeah, I know. What a shame. I, I should undo that because it's not supposed to be good. But um, <laughs> I think I think what they need to do is just hire you on. They, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying for the, the longest we've been, time. We've been clamoring about that on this show. For <laughs> so, anyways, um, all right, let's yes. move on. Uh, so we 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 talked talked about the Cuba stuff. How ridiculous that is. The gene therapy. But I will wow. say this one thing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's so ridiculous, Zhao is a really cool looking henchman. Like I like I like the whole thing with the diamonds kind of like embedded in his face because that in that scene that's where the explosion happens and the diamonds get in his his face if I'm not mistaken right because when we see yeah. him in the ice castle he has the diamonds there. Yeah, the guy with the expensive acne is uh, right. The guy with the expensive acne. Things. Oh, but Jesus. um, he um, no, yeah, I, I sort of really like the idea of there being a henchman that Bond is like sort of like because they're always disfigured, right? I like the idea that Bond disfigured him. That's yeah, like, it was different. Cool. That was different. That was kind of cool. Yeah, and th- that that was a kind of cool. Um, but he doesn't really get much to do after the Cuba stuff. Like no, that's that's really all. It, he's he's really just a plot device so that Bond understands what's going on with uh, Gustav they, Graves when we meet him. Exactly, and they introduce too many henchmen because then you've got like Mister Kill, and you've got um who's terrible, and then you've also got um. I, I would almost say that he's more just like typical Bond henchman than Zhao is. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you've also got um I mean he's not really a henchman, but he's a goon. He's like um Oh yeah, right. He's a little yeah. uh I forget his name, the the Russian guy, the little eagle like guy. He's like, Oh yes, master, we must do the race. Like Yeah, what the hell? He was I, like, time. That, he was so out of place. Like like yeah. seriously, like if you go like watch the scenes, it's like you've got <laughs> Gustav Graves like being so elegant and like just like hamming it up in like typical villain way. And you've got Zhao who at least like even though he's not doing anything, he's an interesting villain to look at. And you've got this weird little Igor guy like, yes, master. Like I yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a what were they thinking with that? It's I don't know. I don't I don't know. But like that's the thing. If you just like gotten rid of them and had Zhao be more so I like the idea of the of the, of the henchman and the, the villain being like brothers, having like a, a yeah, sort yeah, of a, yeah. a brotherly bond. Um, but yeah, they, they sort of yeah. bond. but they uh, they sort of just discard that as well. And right, right. I don't know. That's the thing. It's the problem with the second half of the movie. The second half of the movie just sort of tries too hard to be classic. That it sort of <laughs> well, that's why I almost consider this film two films. Like I said, the first yeah. first half being for the most part promising with some mixed stuff the second half just being completely ridiculous like full-on moonraker ridiculous um <laughs> which we keep referencing it so we might as well move forward Any, anything you want to touch on before we move on to the last half you want to talk about um, oh uh, uh, uh roseman pike her introduction yes and Madonna's cameo in the the fencing scene ah <laughs> oh, god yeah they the had to put her in the movie they had, they had to, to because having and the theme song to the film wasn't enough no that's, that's, i mean we should of all people should know that nothing is ever enough <laughs> <laughs> once an episode once, once an, episode. an episode but um no yeah the madonna t- t- cameo is one of the worst things ever and then it's followed bad. up by an awesome sword fight follow which is then followed up because we get like a little intro to um to Miranda early on when with Gustav Graves like parachutes down. And, right, um, which I, I have to say that is a pretty awesome introduction for him. Even though he's like a really cheesy villain, like, like I like his I, lo- yeah. I like him in general. I think like he's he's Oh perfect. yeah, he's he's a good villain. It's just yeah. Yeah. And then they also like they 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 just like he's a quip machine, which is unprecedented. He's like just constantly like like well, never get mad. What's the point? Like um, no, I'm gonna tell you like I I think the reason that is is just because of Toby Stevens. Like Toby oh, yeah. Stevens is 
the sole reason why this character works. It, absolutely, yeah. But anyway, um, my, just like a, a real quick little aside. Um, at the end of the sword fight, which is fantastic, well choreographed, just intense. Um, and then at the very end, when like he's got Bond and he's like, oh, Bond's got him and he's ready to like sort of uh, end it. He goes, I, I just when like uh, Miranda interjects, and then the best thing in the movie is when Gustav Graves just sort of stops and goes, ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, and <laughs> I know um, it's just like after just this like sport, Miranda, and it's like uh, the funniest. I I quote it, I quote it. Probably more than anything in any one movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I, just a little sport around it. Like I love it so much because it is so strange. His delivery is Dude, so strange. It, it is like his character is the definition of passive aggressive. Like, yeah, like and it's, to, and it's to the extreme to like, character just, levels. He's just like so bitchy, and it's great. Oh, I know. And, um, I know. But yeah, no, that that like, and then Miranda's introduced, and then you find out like, oh, she's working for MI six, and it's like, oh, what's going to go on here? She couldn't possibly right. be a traitor because the last like two movies haven't had this exact same dynamic. Uh, <laughs> We're like, one's a bad guy, one's a good guy. Like right. oh. the the woman that Bond lusts after is usually the one that takes him down, who or is a traitor. And then, uh, they, like, they, especially in the Pierce Brosnan ones, they had like this really bad habit of just having like a well, good girl and a bad girl, and like sometimes they would like pretend like the good girl was actually a bad girl, and the bad girl was actually a good girl, and like it never tricked anyone. <laughs> but, um, no, they were they were all predictable in that in that yeah. regard. Well, especially um, like after you introduce Jinx, clear with that intro, I mean. Obviously, yeah. she's the Bond girl. Like, what are you gonna try and dupe us by throwing in uh, Miranda in there? Like, come on. And that's the thing. It's like, and then even like, like looking at star power. Like, oh yeah, Halle Berry's gonna be the bad girl. That's like, I don't know. No, 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 no. Like, Rosamund Pike, hands down, bills over Halle Berry in two thousand and two. Look, two thousand two. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, no. So that's the thing. And like, so it was like really predictable, but. I don't know. It was fine. She's, yeah, yeah, she's actually yeah. pretty good. Um, especially when she, like, when she turns, she actually becomes very enjoyably camp. Like I think her and um, Toby Stevens really like sort of embrace the whole like, okay, we're just going to be goofy they, about this. They do. And if the whole movie had yeah. been like that, it, it would have been like so much better. It would have been great. Um, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's not. So let's let's start digging into the last act, the part that everyone makes fun of, the part where it loses literally everyone. Um, but also the part that is so stupid that it's enjoyable to watch. I mean, am I yes. wrong? No, no, absolutely. I think like yeah, it gets it gets ridiculous when like the second he like unveils Icarus. This, like, the second they do like the, the, the early two thousands like like soup like the 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 speed ramp like the boom, boom and it's like oh, him in the, the car driving dude this okay we need to talk about that for a second because this mm-hmm. movie is filled with speed ramps yes. so many speed ramps I, um, well as a kid I would I, I studied the, uh, the all the all the Bond like featurettes I guess I watched them repeatedly yeah and so I remember the Dying of the Day ones quite funny because everyone is deluded into thinking they're making something cool and edgy um <laughs> oh that's right you need you need to explain about this because this is going to touch on the cg and like some oh, of the yeah. other stuff they did in there and like their <laughs> entire outlook on how they made the film yeah and so we've got like um at first we've got like i'll talk about the speed ramps because this is the first film uh, bond film directed uh, as like um 
edited by an American. And he's, he wants you to know about that. He mentions it. And then like, he explains why he was hired. And he's like, oh, I used to work for MTV and they wanted like an MTV flavor for the movie. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I can tell <laughs> because like he, every other scene is like, it's like, yeah, we're trying with these speed ramps. It just like, it kind of gives it this cool modern twist. And it's like those aged so quickly. <laughs> this is, I mean, the, ladies and gentlemen, this is just like a, a remnant from the old worlds of, of the early yeah, 2000s. It's kind of crazy. And then like um, on top of that, they were also very proud of the, uh, the CGI in the film, particularly the giant wave. <laughs> when Bond goes surfing. He goes surfing and it's like, it's like also just sort of love that foreshadowing when he surfs at the beginning of the movie and then right. it comes in handy at the end when he needs right. to know how to surf. Um, cause he's like parasite. I don't know. But, I, um, yeah. It's, it's they were so proud of the, of this wave. They were like, look at the different like little artifacts in the water and like, look at the, look at the little icebergs and like how great <laughs> and like compelling this is. And, the same thing was like we we overlaid a CGI plane with a real plane <laughs> so that all the smoke and fire could be. It's like like this looks bad, guys. Did no one like even for the time? This looks very. No, it, it really does. That's you're not wrong because they, this came out like around the same time as the Matrix, and right. the Matrix looks much better. <laughs> the crap um, in Attack of the Clones. Some of the stuff in that looked better than the CG in this. Uh, movie. Maybe <laughs> some of it, not all of it. Some, some of it was bad, but yeah, but no, I, this, yeah, just truly like some like really shocking special effects, and it's not so much that I have a problem with them using special effects, like like CGI special effects, um, yeah. in a Bond film. It, it, it's just weird because they, I don't know they, the series is so proud of the fact that everything is practical. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then for this one, it's like. In, not, not just in regards to the CGI, but in regards of everything, they just sort of said, okay, 40th anniversary, we have to change everything. And it doesn't matter if it's like a conscious good decision, we're going to do it because, 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 because of 40 they, years. Because yeah. It's just like, 2000s and we want MTV. And we want, we want like to do, we want to do Mission Impossible numbers. We want to do, um, yeah, this, I, this movie is very like MI2 inspired, whether you want to believe it yeah. or not. And that's because, I mean, John Woo did that movie and obviously they were drawing inspiration from him, but like, mm-hmm. it's so very just weird. Yeah. They want to do like those big, like early 2000s action blockbuster numbers. And so they're like, okay, well, what do they have? They have CGI and they have crazy over the top action and they have all these the sort of big things. It's stunts, like the big stunts in in the stunts. bond had the wave surfing yeah and they're all they're all edited like an like a music video and like they've got like a i don't know it's everything like like we got madonna to do the song because in our 40 year old heads madonna is still very popular in 2002 and <laughs> like i don't know it's just it was just everything about it was just so artificial and commercial i Not know films aren't commercial because they are um but there was always like a sense of sort of that's why I kind of like like people say like the pandering with all the, like this, the classic stuff and the new Craig movies is kind of much, but at least it, like it's true to what it is. These films are kind of old school. Um, this movie tried was like an old person trying to be hip and cool. Like, oh, it really is. People and it just yeah. it was just awkward and especially Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan was like his mid <laughs> fifties at the time and he's macking on. Uh, fucking um, 
Well, both of them. They're both. both they were both probably in their um, what, like late twenties at the time, or something like that. I'm pretty sure Halle Berry was in her late twenties. I'm pretty sure Rosamund Pike was in her early twenties. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, right. No, I'm duh. Sorry, yeah, yeah, she was definitely in her early twenties. So it's still weird. So a little bit of the uh, the Roger Moore effect there. Not quite as weird, but not quite as yeah. Pierce Brosnan kind of aged a little bit less uh, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, right? Yeah. Right. But well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, pick your poison. What do you, like this ice castle thing? I mean, he gets to the ice castle. We there's like a ball, and they're playing "Die Another Day" in the background. We've got James Bond with the invisible car. I, I mean, like it, it's just like the, the laser. What is it, Icarus Project Icarus? We're just like gonna <laughs> harness the power of the sun. Like what? Who is this? Like Doctor Octopus from Spider Man Two? That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Oh my god, it's just it's ridiculous. There's some cool, <laughs> like there's some cool chase scenes, like the the chase scene when he's running on ice and the, the the I'm not running, but he's driving on ice and it's got like the the Icarus beam like barreling down on him. Like that's exhilarating. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. It's dumb action, but like the, that's about it. Like there's no stakes involved. It's just yeah. It, it just kind of gets more and more absurd, and that's the thing. Like it just like it just loses all restraint. Like yeah. it, like when Icarus like lands on the um, when it like like shoots the laser down on uh the DMZ, and it's just like this <laughs> do, 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 do the fucking explosion. It's yeah, like, oh it's like God. clearly someone watched some Independence Day. Yeah, and it's like, and then you've got this like the one on one fight with uh between the girl fight, the classic early two. Oh yeah, when they, the, when they get in that, when they get in the um, plane, we we separate them into two fights, so we can have two. Yeah, it's like it's like because we can't have the girl fight a guy, and we can't have the guy fight a girl, right. so we're just gonna, even though. Jinx has absolutely no relationship with Miranda. She just kind of like she just kind of like winds up in the middle of this mission. Yeah. Like there's there's no point she's no stakes there at all. Yeah. yeah, and so she's like, uh, and then she gets to deliver the classic um, badass early two thousands girl line where she's like, uh, "Read this, bitch!" And right, then, like, and then she kicks a knife through a book through her through her, right. which is like okay. the knife wasn't yeah. even that long, so it probably would have just like cut her a little I know. bit. Like, she'd be like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> she, she probably wouldn't have died. <laughs> she probably yeah. wouldn't have died. Um, oh, actually, the best speed ramp in the movie is when Gustav Graves kills his dad, and then there's a oh, random speed yeah. when his dad falls into his arms. It's like, that did which, not need to be there. Let's talk about that for a second. The whole reveal when we find out that Gustav Graves is actually Colonel Moon, um, yes. which was, you know, they, 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 just, they just kind of did it. It's not like they were like building up to it which i kind of appreciated they didn't make it this whole big deal when we kind of knew after the cuban thing like oh okay so the bad guy from the beginning isn't dead yeah so um i i was appreciated that, that they didn't make a big deal out of that but the thing that i think they undercut a little bit they didn't really play out to the extent was um when his father finds out his son is still alive and then they just like kind of just like man eh, kill him like it was just there could have been like something really cool there for Gustav Graves' arc um, and for it to kind of like make it come full circle, I guess, a little a, a little bit. Because, I mean, by this point, the movie is way off the rails, but uh, it just yeah, yeah. They, they never really did anything with it. Like it, like the father was just like, you're not my son. Like, OK. Yeah. It's also really like since we're comparing, I compare this movie a lot to The World's Not Enough because they're both written by Purvis and Wade, and uh, it was the previous are, one. Well, so it was the previous one as well. But like, it's just it's just very odd how similar they are in terms of like because you've, like, you've got like this father this father child relationship that um yeah 
is present and it's weird that they they both commit patricide and like it's very very odd um the back to back the same writers did the exact same like sort of yeah. villain plot device um yeah you probably could have explored that like i mean because we know they're capable of exploring it because Electra at least has some sort of relationship well, like resentment the, the, and, and that goes back to me standing by the fact that i i i think actually the word the world is not enough isn't is a great it's a great film. Like, I, well, not great. It, it's good. There's like cheesy moments in it. Um, but as yeah. far as the Brosnan era goes, it was probably my second favorite one. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, this one sort of takes, it's almost like an alternate bizarro world version of the world is not enough. Oh, it is. Cause it kind of just takes, it, it takes all this strange, like all the, all the potential, all the dark stuff. And it's just like, actually we're going to do this very strange movie. And, not that it's bad. It's just very strange. Um, oh, it's strange that they chose to do that. It's a consciously chose to do that. Right. Um, but it is a lot of fun. There's so many, there's so many little quotes well, like and moments. It's like, we don't, like, yeah. Oh, no, go no, ahead. no, go ahead. Cause you're right. There, you, I thought you were going to say there's a lot of great, like action moments because that's all I generally think of, but you're right. There, there are a lot of like <laughs> nice, like quippy dialogue moments and whatnot. Um, and I, I was just going to briefly yeah, bring it's, up it's the, just the a- car chase when they're going into the the palace when, when Zhao ultimately dies between the uh was it Aston Martin and the Jaguar? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great chase scene. And I, I love how like the car has traction and it goes up the- <laughs> It was a cool little like little twist. Yeah. And like like, like it's just kind of cool to see two like um supercars and all that sort of thing. Um but yeah no even like inside of like if you choose to laugh at the movie it's also a lot of fun. Um, because yeah, there is some like genuinely entertaining dialogue, but there's also some really bad dialogue. It's oh, like a lot of fun oh, to make yeah. fun of. <laughs> like, um, just like consistently everything that happens. Like I love, um, uh, what's his name? Um, he plays the NSA chief. Uh, I really wish I could remember <laughs> his name. He's, I, I, he's an actor I'm familiar with, but I, I'm just like, give me a second. I'll find his name. But anyway, he. Oh, wait, uh, was it, was it Michael Madsen? Michael Madsen. That's him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dude, I always forget he's in this movie. Always. (laughs) There's nothing in the movie, but he, every time he says something, it's hilarious. Oh, it is. It's so like weird that he, they said like, yeah, he should play the boss character. This is exactly the kind of person he is. And um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's like, so against type that it's kind of entertaining. So like every time he says something like, um, I don't know. He, he says some ridiculous stuff to so M or to Jinx. He's like, oh yeah, at the very beginning when he's talking to M and he's like, um, uh, you reeled your guy in, we'll do it for you. And it's like, <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's there's so like, jamming yeah. it up and then there's just like, just going completely overboard. <laughs> he just, yeah. Oh and again, and at the very end, my favorite moment at the very end when like, oh, when everyone's like got the fire extinguishers and they're putting out the control room because it's just like, because apparently shorting out the system caused all the computers to explode yeah right so, um there's like a fire going on in this control room and so like at the very end he like sort of lights a cigarette and i just thought that was really- oh my god yeah it's like after everything happens he's just, <laughs> it's so just like nonchalant just like boom mm. <laughs> yeah and it was just like i think the only thing that could have enhanced it is if he like leaned into one of the burning computers and lit it on the computer but um yeah that probably would have been too self-aware, but um, <laughs> just just a little bit, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, there's like, I don't know, there's little moments, like again at the very end, um, his little monologue, right before he like with the parachutes, um, oh, <laughs> right. Like, oh, no, parachute, 
both of us. Nope, not anymore. And it's just like, it's so ridiculous that it's again I, I quote this movie more than probably any of them because well, it because is so I, much fun it, right because it's like <laughs> stupid lines that make you laugh yeah and it's it's kind of like one of those things where like i don't know i think quoting badass stuff is kind of not very fun um but when you're quoting something that's like it's like an inside joke that not so many people get but it's like it's so specific and so dumb that yeah i don't know everything like there's like every couple of minutes there's a line like like um even like oh how can we forget the fucking your mama joke oh <laughs> right yeah there was a your mama joke in there, <laughs> joke in there. and um and then she ruins it and that's what makes it perfect it's like she tells her your mama joke and it's like oh this is cringeworthy and bad like um your mama called um and it's like it's like oh this is, yeah she said um, something about like um your mama and then it's like okay, that's bad, but then she overexplains it, and it gets even worse. Yeah, so no, like, it's like we, we get it, guys. We and get it's like, it. and, but it's like the whole it's stuff like that, where it's like very obviously old people trying to connect with young people. Yeah. Um, little things like that make it so irresistible. The uh, oh, I, I know. It's just, <laughs> it's just one of those weird movies that happened. And there's stuff you can enjoy in it when you look at it from a stupid point of view. But then there's the time capsule, man. There it. That's the perfect description for this movie. This movie is a time capsule. Yeah. <laughs> it really is of the year 2002. So uh, <laughs> we've basically gone through the movies of Brody. Just g- give your uh, closing thoughts on the film before we uh, dive into Stardust Reactions. Um. Yeah, I know. I g- genuinely enjoyed this movie in like a so bad. It's not even so bad. It's good, but it is so ridiculous that it's fun. Like yeah. it's so campy and i don't think we're ever going to get a film like this again in the series no and, and probably for very good good reasons and for the best, honestly yes, but for it the is, best. it's kind of enjoyable just to sort of relish in its absurdity and i it, it's also just a really good time like it's a good thing to put on and just laugh at yeah yeah you can't really do with a lot of the, the bond films um even like some of the bad ones even though i enjoy them like you couldn't put on man with a golden gun even though i like it and, and laugh at it i it's think some people of, would like question your taste in movies <laughs> like if like, you, like, you just you're over at a party you put on the man with the golden gun like whoa this guy's really out there <laughs> yeah and it's like it's like i appreciate that movie but i realize it's dumb and yeah. it's not like it's not dumb enough that i could that I think other people would find enjoyment in watching it with me, but no, you watch, sure. you put down the day and it's like, okay, everyone, it's like a base level of dumb where everyone can sort of get in on the joke. And I don't know. It's kind of, I kind of appreciate that. Also it's, it's responsible for my longstanding, like one-sided feud with uh, Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. Not very talented. And this this movie shows you everything you need to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, in, I you know, or oh, go ahead, go ahead. Obviously, even in Kingsman, she wasn't that good. <laughs> Her limited time in Kingsman. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, no, for myself, just kind of put a cap on this. Um, it's it, let's just call it as is. It's not a good movie. It's not even a good Bond movie in some regards. There is promise of great stuff in there that unfortunately doesn't pan out the way it goes. It's a disappointing 40th anniversary mm-hmm. film. It's a disappointing send off for Pierce Brosnan. But with all of that said. 
I enjoy watching it. Like it's, it's just one of those bad movies that is enjoyable to watch because of how stupid it is, uh, how ridiculous it is, how over the top and hammy the villain is um, the, how <laughs> nothing makes sense in this movie, but you just deal with it. And you know what? If you're ever in the mood to just watch some dumb, mindless fun uh, that has charming performances from Pierce Brosnan and, um, and so forth, then yeah, absolutely, man. I, I'll throw it on. But it, but <laughs> as far as ranking it among the Bond films, my God, it's at the back of the pack, easily. It's just yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I sort of quickly add because I've, I've mentioned this before um, on the podcast, but I I, I think it, I should probably mention it here just real quick. Um, there is a really uh, another thing that like uh, when we talk about like like missed potential yeah. is that I think this is the, probably the closest adaption to Moonraker, the book. That we've ever yes, gotten. Right. You have mentioned that before. Yeah. 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 And I think it's a shame because it's also, it's, it, it, I mean, as much as it's a aping off of like Diamonds Are Forever, it does have a lot of like, like I think Gustav Graves is like maybe a couple degrees away from being Hugo Drax from the book. Um, his whole plot about like, you know, being a good guy, pretending to like a, a bad guy, pretending to be a good guy so that he can build a weapon that he's pretending is a good thing, which is actually a bad thing. Sure. Um, all that sure. sort of thing that whole like sort of archetype um, plot is from the book and it's my favorite book. Um, so I can appreciate that stuff, but it's <laughs> just, it's like a parody of the book rather than an adaption. <laughs> no, I, for, for sure. It, it just, but, from what everything you told me, it's like, it, it it's kind of like the, like it's more of like Gustav Graves who is closer to Hugo Drax and really anything in the film. Well, yeah, that in the, the, the plot. I mean, like the bare, the bare bones of his motivation. Exactly. You know, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it is all really centralized around him. Um, and they were going to name um, one of the. I think Miranda Frost was originally Galabrand, who's um, the woman from the book. Gotcha. But gotcha. She had nothing in common with her, so they just said, "Okay, we'll just change the name." But um, yeah, I for mean, sure. Oh. Worth noting. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Nice little tidbit of information there for you. All right, let's dive into some of these Stardust reactions. I'm going to pull them up here. And uh, thank you all, first of all, for for uh, reacting to this. This is going to be great fun to have a conversation with you. Now, Die Another Day was one of the very first James Bond films I actually watched in theaters. And having that opening song played by Madonna, it was going to be an interesting ride. And coming out of the theater, I had a blast with this film. After watching it several times, it's not as strong as a James Bond film and not the best Pierce Brosnan film either. Having Roseman Pike in it's fun. And I, I kind of thinking about it now is, wouldn't Caster Troy, played by Nicolas Cage and Face, I'll be a perfect villain in this film? Because it's kind of the same kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, actually a really good point. Yeah, that is a good point. So that, um, thanks Adam uh, from Almost Sideways for, for, for sending that in. Um, yeah, you know, he said it was like one of the first Bond films he had. Um, you know, we first watched it, he liked it, but then it's kind of like it's kind of like the reverse actually of us. It was like he first watched it, he liked it, and then like we years later down the road, we're like, oh, we can kind of enjoy it. But a uh, nice little, uh, nice little tidbit there with the mm. uh, face-off reference. The face-off thing is that's so funny and so true. I'd actually never like. Yeah, it is basically face-off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. All right, let's get to another one here. Die another day. God, Daniel Craig took the helm of James Bond after this goddamn movie. This movie's absolutely, absolutely absurd. It's very dated. The action doesn't really work for me. I actually enjoy Tomorrow Never Dies and World's Not Enough better than this film. Rosemont Pike and Halle Berry, they look good in the film, but it's ridiculous, it's cheesy, it's corny, and not in a good way. 
Uh, yeah, that about sums up everything we said. Am I right? Well, except for the action. That's a uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jay, for for sending that in. Always, always appreciate your support for the channel. It's good stuff. But I, I mean, you're right. Roseman Pike and Halle Berry are really just there for eye candy. Unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's like a Pierce Brosnan era. I mean, they, they, that's a Bond thing in general. But like, they oh, really, for sure. yeah. Like in the nineties, they couldn't have just amped it up, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have two women now because that's, <laughs> two women." You know what I mean? And like it's, it got like really, again, like I said, commercialized. It was very like sort of churning them out. Yeah, 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 for sure. We got a few more here. Another day, a film that I've had the opportunity to watch in the cinema when it came out. I bought the album. I was a film geek at that point. I was very young, and Pierce Brosnan was the James Bond that I grew up with. Although The World Is Not Enough is my favorite Brosnan film. Okay, Goldeneye, classic. I'm not even putting it into the category. It's a film on its own. The other day was a very pleasant film to watch. Enjoyed it in the cinema. In January, it was a it was a good Bond flick. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's a fair point. We, that that's kind of the other end of the spectrum. Someone who really, really enjoyed the films, grew up with the Bond um, era and and all that good stuff. Um, I I agree with you. Goldeneye definitely is in mm-hmm. its own category, separate from the other ones. The world is not enough, being the second best one. But you know, what? you're you're not wrong. There's there's stuff to enjoy in this film, and if you just take it at face value as being what it is, then I yeah, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I know plenty of people who do. I mean, I'm one of them to an extent. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of just it's it's very emblematic of a of that era of the franchise. So like we were just saying, so like I guess if you're a fan of that era, then it definitely it's just it's just an, an like an amped up version of the rest of his like sort of four films. Yes, yeah, yeah. Films. absolutely. All right, got two more here. What do you think is a good story for the next 007 story? Well, maybe like a, a fight scene, perhaps done with lasers? Oh yes, very nice! A, a car that you can't see? That's genius! Why didn't we come up with that sooner? Ah. But, uh, only one thing. What if the story is not good? Ah, that doesn't matter. I mean, they will love it. Right? This is just one of the worst James Bond movies ever made, I mean... What the hell? I gotta talk spoilers. I'm sorry. I mean, James Bond and his, he surfs on a tsunami. I mean, what the hell? And 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 he has a laser fight and a sword fight and and the beginning, all the fake explosions and the slow mo, awkward and and just what were they thinking? That also <laughs> kind of sums up a lot of our thoughts too. Um, yeah, I appreciate that, that's a little inside view into the um, yeah. Privacy and Wade's writing. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect little sketch, sketch there. Sketch, sketch there. Um, no, you're you're right. Uh, the, um, the 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 ridiculous stuff at the end. It's just it's they they were just like throwing shit out of a wall and just like oh how stupid can we make this? You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got. I think I got one more here. Die another day. This is a Bond film that, in my opinion, is really underrated because, like, everybody's always talking about Casino Royale and Skyfall, but this one actually has some really great character moments. I think the Bond actor for this was really good, almost to the mark of Daniel Craig, but the problems with this film come from story and pacing issues, and this is for the thing to be shown in one of the videos, and I'm really excited to do that. No, no, I totally agree. Uh, I think, um, I think oh. that's for himself, Brosnan. This is probably his best performance. 
um, of the yeah. four films. Well, that's that's the thing about Brosnan. Yeah. His performance got better in 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 each outing. You know, regardless of the quality of the film, his performance was just something that increased in quality. Absolutely, yeah. And I think like and he and he did have little moments where like the character shone through whatever the story was. So like, um, just just little reactions, like when he knocked out the 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 one like idiot dude in Cuba and he sort of walks right. in and then the woman's on the bed and he sort of like grins at her, puts him in the wheelchair and walks out like little things like that were like genuinely good little character moments. But, sure. um, it's just sort of, yeah, it's just sort of like inconsistent, um, film. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that goes back to the thing that we're saying. It's like, it's like two different films there. Um, I, I wouldn't yeah. go as far as to say it's underrated. I think that there's, you know, you can enjoy parts of it for what they are, but, um, Hey man, if, if you enjoy it, would you clearly do good on you? I, I definitely agree with you. There's stuff to enjoy in there, even though it's stupid, but, um, thanks for sending in that reaction. And, and really thank you to all of you for sending in those reactions. It's great, uh, to, to hear what you guys think about the films. Um, and we hope to be able to do this again in the next discussion discussion, which we will be putting up a poll, um, sometime soon for the, the films that we're going to let you guys, uh, choose from but uh anyways this was a lot of fun talking about die another day it's well overdue we've been planning this for like ever and finally got down to it and uh discussed it so hopefully you all enjoyed this discussion and and good stuff so uh brody where can all these fine people find you oh well you can find me on twitter for just yelling into the void um <laughs> at brody Cervelli. um there'll be a link somewhere <laughs> but um oh that's pretty much all i do um feel free to give me a follow i enjoy i enjoy the void being a little less vacuous and empty so yeah just just be just, just don't uh don't share your your hate for the last jedi with him i think he's had enough <laughs> oh my god oh, we, now we, i'm gonna get that we, we'd be here for another hour if we were gonna touch with that that's, but, that's um, what i'm gonna get now I'm gonna get yeah good DMs. there we go <laughs> like explaining why rose is like a cancer on the franchise or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well anyways guys yeah once again seriously thank you for for tuning into this episode uh if you don't already be sure to head on over to itunes or head on over to iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast and drop us a rating a review seriously helps out the podcast it's the way we can get noticed more uh, it's the way that itunes can notice us more so it, the links are in the description down below and and like we show these stardust reactions be sure to follow me on stardust at g schiller because brody doesn't have a stardust yet um we're going i'm going to be posting like little announcements on there about the the next features and and all that good stuff but also uh if you're interested in my thoughts my initial thoughts on films and whatnot you can follow me on there and if you don't have the app there will be a link in the description below where you can download it uh be sure to subscribe to men vs. movies like us on facebook follow us on twitter all that good stuff and lastly guys if you like me specifically and you like what i have to say you can always give me a follow on twitter at griff schiller <laughs> always mess it up it though. i really always mess it up um but anyways <laughs> yeah this is a lot of fun so thanks guys for tuning in and we'll catch you next time take care I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kenny the Car Man. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R Town Ford. Hi, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Kenny the Car Man. Hurry up and save at the all new R Town Ford. Your new choice in Randallstown. There's hundreds of new Fords with total savings to up to $12,000. Or choose 0% financing up to 72 months. It's my town. It's your town. It's R Town Ford.